0: Okay, so first of all, uh, thank you for speaking with me today about Missing Link and your work at Leica as well. But for our readers and, and our listeners out there who maybe don't know exactly what a production designer is, how would you define your role?
1: Uh, well, a production designer uh, works pretty closely with the director, and they sort of lord over the look and feel of the film. So the director uh, writes the script and uh well sometimes and uh and directs the storytelling and I create the sort of visuals uh, uh for 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 behind that and basically I do um you know kind of everything it's Environments. Uh, i'm involved with the the characters um i work alongside a, a wonderful uh, costume designer and i go all the way from the, the beginning of the film all the way to the, uh, the visual effects and to the final grade of the film
0: and i feel like for stop-motion animation which you've had you know quite the career in not just with leica but beyond Production designer's job is—it seems exponentially more difficult than say your your traditional uh, live action TV series or or a movie because you quite literally have to have a team create everything from scratch. There's no you know on set shoots or anything like that. So,
1: do you yeah, like that that, that's, yeah, I, I must like that <laughs> because I've been doing it for a while. I, I you know I've done theater and some uh, film you know live action film and. I was drawn to Stop Frame for a bunch of reasons. You know, one, I grew up in an artistic family and my mom and dad both dabbled in miniatures. So, you know, I definitely had it in my blood. But what I, I really, what, what is sort of a deadly blessing about it for me is the, um, you get to design everything and you get to design everything. So, hmm. you're right about, you know, that nothing comes for free. So, you know, you're one, one, on one hand you're designing architecture. And the next you are designing the dirt and, uh, then the shape of the smoke coming out of the chimneys and the leaves on the trees. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's your list is long. And, uh, part of the thrill for me is keeping it very cohesive. So, you know, early on establishing the, you know, visual tenets for the film that reflects usually the character design. Um, and then making sure that kind of every frame is imbued with that that logic and you've been with
0: uh with Leica for quite a few films now so over the years how has your role kind of has it changed a lot has it been aided with uh better technology or has it you know we still have challenges based on what the filmmakers are asking for how has your role changed
1: um you know i'd like to say that in a normal situation you might be able to rest on your roles mm-hmm. a little bit and I, I i guess to to an extent at least my confidence is is stronger you know because i'm you know, i've done it before but because travis knight who's the owner of the company his mandate is each film has to be bigger and more special visually and uh he wants to push technology so i, I never like you know i mean missing link for example i read through that script and basically it changed location every page and a half which is extremely unusual <laughs> i mean it, you know usually you get to rest for a minute or hang out in a location, and you know, the the thing about that is, let's say you design a town, and yeah, there might be many locations within the town, but it's the same town, so it's like, you know, you get to reuse and to, you know, but with a script that goes around the world, each new location requires a a whole new sort of, you know, set of research and look and feel and making them feel different from each other, so, and, and even Kubo, so you know, I went from Paranorman to Kuro to Missing Link and each one just exponentially seemed to get bigger. So, I would say that's the biggest challenge is just keeping up with the expectations of the studio. Gotcha. And
0: I know you guys are always sort of in different stages of production for various things because it takes a while to make these movies. So, if you could think toward like your busiest time in the movie season, what does a typical day kind of look like for you at, at like the peak busy season?
1: Oh, yeah, it's 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 pretty busy. I mean, I can't really complain about it because so many other people are that busy too. But you know, I, I will say it's 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 pretty crazy. Like at the height of production, because the designs take you know, I I'm usually still working on designs for the third act during the shooting. And when I open my calendar in the morning, I see that often it's divided up into about fifteen minute slots for you know, about eight eight or nine hours um, and often working through lunch. So it's extremely detail-oriented and, uh, you know, I have to be prepping for the next meeting, paying attention to what it is that I really have to solve in that moment. So it's a little bit of an adrenaline thing. I do do love it. It it does kind of, I I will admit, I sleep in my office at lunch sometimes. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that's at its most extreme. Uh, but that does last I, I i often say that these films are they're long distance they're, they're, they're not sprinting uh i warn all the younger people when they're really giving it their go at the beginning of like you're going to be doing this it's working this hard a year and a half from now yeah. with kind of no break you know so you have to really it's fast-paced but you also have to pace yourself and um, the other thing I think is interesting because we are essentially building practical almost live action sets right. you know you, you your decision making has to you have to be very confident in it because you are making decisions that will be built and the next time you see them they're going to be on a stage and you can't do much to it at that point so you have to get used to committing, to visual ideas um, and, and, and that's slightly different than digital work, which um, we also do here and I also enjoy quite a bit, but it is a different discipline.
0: How does that kind of differ for you than the sort of practical hands-on talking with the costume designers and the, you know, the physical practical effects work versus then having to uh, translate some of those things to the digital side? How, how do those two roles work for you?
1: Well, actually, and here, like I'll say, it, it's similar, only in so much that we we have a great advantage of having all the departments under one roof. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, two buildings, but same location. <laughs> and so the visual effects team is different, I would say, like in a live action film, you would, you know, uh, you would hire a couple of effects companies and you would liaison with them and they would have their own internal structure but our vfx team is very hands-on very creative works very closely with the art department um so we go they start early on and we go back and forth a lot uh you know when they need a texture or uh, need to scan a maquette or something we can build that for them on the spot so it's it's surprisingly similar to a physical build that's what i that's what i noticed with rfx team they're very it's very practical kind of stuff um you know what you see is what you get and even though they are using all this amazing new software they really lean heavily on the art department to supply them with uh, the sort of visuals that they need and uh it's kind of, I mean, no pun intended, it's kind of Shangri-La. I mean, I, it's, it is, and it kind of needs to be because we do a lot of extensions. And for me, uh, I don't like being bumped into when you're watching a film being like, oh, that's where the set stops and the digital begins. I, th- I think we do pretty good. I mean, it's hard to do, but we, we do pretty good at making it feel like one big world.
0: To me, as as a like a fan from like the get go, it's a minor miracle that you guys pull off these films as well as you do. And increasingly over time, just they get better and better. Uh, and I wish that more people kind of knew all the hard work and detail and, and creativity and talent that goes into them because it's quite literally in every stitch and every tile and every and everything. Yeah. So we have a uh, we have the pleasure of revealing a three hundred and sixty degree video of one of the uh, sets from Missing Link, which I believe you you narrate. It's absolutely incredible, and it it kind of touches on everything we've talked about today. It highlights all those different aspects of the production. So what can you tell us about this set that you remember, if there were any particular challenges that it posed, or what made it a great example for a 360-degree video like
1: this? Well, I think, you know... the size uh, to start. I mean, the subject is great. I love that set. I, I had a great time working on it. I think it's very beautiful. It was it was a, a, a tricky thing to do because Chris Butler, the director, wanted it to be quite ugly but also beautiful. You know, so that kind of fine line. But it, the size of it is pretty good, I think, for 360 because it it is a contained space. It's um, you know the set itself is probably only five by seven or eight feet, and um, and. What I love about the 360 video is, you know, one of the the coolest parts, there's lots of cool things about building all this stuff. But, you know, when you give tours, people just, their jaws drop when they come into the studio and they go into units and they see, wow, I'm in this world. I'm, I'm," you know, it's almost, it's so childlike because you're actually seeing, you know, almost like what you might have set up when you were playing with toys as a kid or playing with your kids and imagining these places. But now you can, you know, physically go on it. And I think the 360 video lets the viewer participate in that way and pursue right into that spot. So it's, it's the closest thing I've seen to actually getting a tour on one of our stages for anybody who's interested. And I, I hope we do more of it because, it, you know, I, I know that in that 360 we're calling attention to details and things, but what I would really encourage people to do is just ignore that and look at whatever they want that's the whole point of it you're in control and you know you can kind of check out the ceiling and uh you know people like where are people going when they go off off camera Well, you get to see them leave the actual unit and yeah it's a very good i'm there kind of experience
0: yeah and i love both of those aspects that you mentioned one is you get to like physically look in and visit the set as if you're actually there but then for people who are interested in kind of the nuts and bolts uh, behind the scenes you get to turn the camera around back on you guys and your team as you kind of yeah. about your business and, and go about your work and you get to see the people who are actually making this stuff come to life which you, you never get to see
1: yeah and also you know the set the sets and characters and costumes are all beautiful okay. we're very proud of them but also you know they don't just film themselves. I mean, the crew and and the dressers and the lighting, the camera, like, I'm not just saying this, we admire them so much, and it's a chance for their work to be seen as well. And, uh, you know, one one other interesting thing about that video, I think, is if you look up and see all the practical lights and the stands and the flags, and there's without exaggeration, probably 50 or 60 pieces of equipment hanging up there. And then you think at the peak of production, we're shooting on maybe 60 units. So, Whatever you see there, it's times sixty, run with the height of production, or more. I mean, you know, we have a hundred units shooting, but I'm saying really like set up and ready to go units. So you have to sort of imagine a whole studio filled with stages like that. It's it's just a crazy thing.
0: It's incredible, and I've had the opportunity, the blessing, really, to visit a number of uh, Leica productions and actually take those tours with with you and your team, and actually show up for those sets and i remember walking onto quote unquote the sets of missing link and there's still things in this video that i i would not have picked out unless it was you know brought to my attention from you or your team members like the little uh the design the specific design of the wallpaper the fact that the tiles were hand sanded and distressed to make it look like there was wear and tear on it that kind of stuff i love this video for things like that and bringing that to attention to to casual viewers and to super fans out there like i thought it was great
1: yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, and I, I really appreciate your kind words because you know it, it. We're obviously people who do this work are super passionate about it, and you know I love it. And it's it's it, you know it's nice to hear that it you know that that other people outside the studio are are excited and appreciate it you know specifically what we do because um, it's nice. You know, it's also really great giving tours because you'd think you know I, I. It does become a little bit of a job at some point. Sure. And when we're giving tours, you get to be excited with You almost get to see it for the first time mm-hmm. when someone else is at it And you're like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. You know, it's, it's not just stress and running around. It's we're making cool stuff. So I think this video is an extension of that.
0: So with videos like this, and, and like you said, hopefully you guys get to do more. And um, we get to see more of these in the future for future projects with tours that are kind of you're kind of limited in scope you know you can't just bring everybody you know billions of people around the world in for your tours but what, what else do you think Leica could or maybe has plans to reach out to really highlight the incredible amount of work and artistry that goes into each of these frames because honestly and this is just my opinion but i think sometimes people see the seamless animation from Leica and they don't really realize that it's stop motion, that it's frame by frame, that it's handcrafted puppets and sets and costumes and and creatures and vehicles. How do you, how do you break through that kind of, um, how do you educate them, I guess?
1: Well, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're really, uh, we've always, that's always been our intent. Mm -hmm. And with things like this, this video, people having access to that. And also, uh, we did a great, uh, museum, uh, exhibition here at the Portland Museum of Art, which was, uh, most highly attended show that they've ever had. Uh, it, it had lines. It was amazing. And we, yeah, I really encourage people if they're lucky enough to be able to go to Comic Con when we have a you know a film coming out, we we set up pop up shops and and bring, we we break these sets down and, and send them all around. So, you know, and we're gonna do more of that. So, people should check on you know, and, and I would really uh, encourage people also to go out of their way to to go and see these things because. To, they're beautifully displayed when we do it and um, you get to get right up close. You can linger as long as you want and check stuff out. So we're just trying to do more of that and bring awareness you know to, to our process.
0: Absolutely and there's a great uh, art book uh, out there from Insight Editions as well that goes behind the scenes of specifically yeah, single yeah. but other other movies as well. so that's a great resource for people who are interested out there uh, just off the top definitely. So we back at kind of 2019 as we're wrapping up both the call and the year here. It's been an interesting year for puppets of, of all different kinds. We've got missing link. There was the dark crystal prequel series, and now everybody's obsessed with baby Yoda. So I know you're not, you're not specifically into um, puppets as, you know, a puppeteer, puppet designer, but what do you think the state of puppetry kind of is in entertainment right now? And where do you think the future might be headed?
1: Well, I think it's, it's, like all mediums, I think that ebbs and flows, I think we're having an absolutely like a renaissance. When, when you think about, you know, we're we're well on our way with uh, film six here at that in our same Portland city, there's uh, Guillermo del Toro is uh, working on um, Pinocchio, which is a, a Stop frame film, and uh, also um, Henry Selick is working on Wendell and Wilde here. So, in, in this city alone, there are three stop motion features going on. I, I'm sure that the uh, attention and interest in Dark Crystal is going to, you know, probably, hopefully, miss more. So, it does seem to be, you know, people have an interest in it. And, people, I, you know, again, the digital work, I, I love digital work. I have done myself, but there is something in. I think that people connect with, and they like love watching the making of and behind the scenes of these things. And I think there's you know more of an interest generally from people in the filmmaking process and artist's process. That is to be very interesting to watch, you know. Um, So yeah, I hope I hope uh, it just keeps going.
0: And speaking of keeping going, you mentioned the next movie from, like, I know you obviously can't talk about very much at all, but was there anything during the the making of Missing Link, I know this has happened a couple of times, where there was a technological achievement or an idea that was sparked, was there anything that happened during the production that you're like, I can't wait to use this, or implement this, or try this on our next project?
1: Yeah, there was, depressing. so of course I guess anything about it, and... <laughs> uh. I would, I'll would. I'll i choose my words pretty carefully. And I don't want to just sound like a cheerleader for the company, but I will say the next one is, is so different, fundamentally different from the things we've done. And it really takes everything we've learned and and just doubles down on them and showcases these new technologies that we're getting pretty good at. So it's not just bigger and better. It's, it's more clever use of and um, it's just going to open up I think are the vision for the studio in a way that people will be quite surprised. So I know that's a giant like tease, but I'm very serious about it. <laughs>
0: no, it's a great tease. You can't, you can't get into details. Uh, is there anything else that you're currently working on that maybe isn't a related, or does it pretty much take up all of your time?
1: Uh, no, I'm a, I'm a uh, very obsessive working artist. Um, I go home. I have a studio at home, and I I, I make uh, <laughs> if not I make. Characters and, and design sets and build things all the time. It's okay. my passion. So, yeah, I do a lot of really crazy cool stuff that's all my own, and um, I hope to do something like that someday. So, thanks for asking. Yeah. Well,
0: with with how labor intensive the like of feature films are, I know you know companies obviously like Pixar and, and Disney Animation have been encouraging sort of their uh, their creative teams to come up with ideas for shorts, things that they could produce. Does like have any plans yeah. to do anything like that, or would you like to see more? opportunities for stop-motion
1: shorts. Well, I would, I would, of course I would, yes. Um, I, I do think, just to, to be realistic, I mean, I, hell, I would love to make a short. But yeah. I, I will say, though, the one thing that's a little challenging is, when we're making a feature, it's really all hands on deck. We don't have really giant crews. Right. I mean, I think you'll notice, if you look at the credits on our films, they go by pretty quick and compared to other larger studios. And so we just don't have that sort of overhead of those people available to be able to work on things. But that doesn't mean we don't have some tricks up our sleeves. I mean we are definitely looking ahead, looking to what other kinds of things we can do. Um I, I do think like is like I know we've, we've been around for a while and made a lot of films. Um but I, I think we're looking to do a lot more. So I'm I'm enjoying my time here. It's the longest I've ever been in the company and I'm I'm quite happy here. Uh which says something, because I have wanderlust, but sure. it just keeps me <laughs> always guessing and busy. So
0: Lots of good teas as well. Uh, before I run out of time with you today, my, my last question is, first of all, congratulations on uh, both Annie Award nomination for you specifically, and the number of awards for the uh, awards nominations for the film itself. What do award wins and the recognition of uh, nominations, what does that mean to you personally? And then if you could speak to maybe your team. Uh, as well.
1: Oh, what, a, what a great question. Well, I'm going to give you an honest answer. Sure. <laughs> when I was like younger, I was, I was just like, I don't, I don't know really how to describe it. I was like, I want don't matter. <laughs> and uh, boy, did I change my tune because <laughs> no, no. I mean, really, when you when you're recognized by your peers yeah. and you go to these award ceremonies, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You get to hang out with people. You don't have to apologize for being such a geek and loving this stuff so much. And so you're at a table with people just, you know, explosive conversation of creativity and talking about stuff. It is so fun. And I'm I, I'm so excited that we were nominated. Um, my, my team, the design team, is, is I, again, I, I say it's very small. There's, there's really three or four of us, main, main people to design all, all of all uh, using Melanch which is pretty extraordinary and uh, you know they're hand-picked uh, we've been working together it is extremely collaborative I, I I know that I kind of steer the ship but I am so open and grateful for their contributions and they make great ones so you know what you see when you see the designs of our films is it's me and I do some of the artwork but it, it is really that team I could you know could never do it on my own so
0: that's a great answer. And unfortunately, I think that's about all the time I have today. So thank you again for your time. Uh, best of luck this yeah. season. And, and definitely best of luck going forward with the next project.